Hey everybody, I'm Lauren Hicks, and this is episode 162 of the 5-Minute Discipleship Podcast. Hi there, friends. I hope you're having a great day today. Before we jump into this episode, let me ask you, have you joined the 5-Minute Discipleship Facebook group? It's a place for us to connect. It's a place where I believe we can grow together as Christ followers, and I invite you to join us. Just go to 5MinuteDiscipleship.com and click on the tab marked Community. Today on the podcast, we are talking about God's love for us. A farmer placed a weather vane inscribed with the words, God is love on top of his barn. One day, a traveler stopped by the farm and watched the weather vane moving with the breeze. Then, with a smirk on his face, he asked, Do you mean to say that your God is as changeable as the wind? The farmer shook his head and replied, No, what I mean to say is that no matter which way the wind blows, God is love. Now, this statement, God is love, we hear it all the time, but it implies much more than God demonstrates his love regardless of the circumstances. It means that love is the essence of his character. You see, God doesn't just love us. He is love. In 1 John chapter 4, verses 7 through 10, John speaks to this. He wrote, Everyone who loves has been born of God and knows God. Whoever does not love does not know God, because God is love. This is how God showed his love among us. He sent his one and only son into the world that we might live through him. This is love. Not that we love God, but that he loved us and sent his son as an atoning sacrifice for our sins. Now, the problem with the English word love is that we only have one word to describe a wide variety of emotions and feelings. For example, I may say, I love my wife, or I love cookies and cream ice cream, or I love days that are sunny and 75 degrees, or even I love to play golf. Now, these are totally different experiences, but I use the same word, love. We know the New Testament was primarily written in the Greek language, and there are different words for love in the New Testament. We all understand the love of a friend, the love of a spouse, and intimate love, but the love of God comes from the Greek word agape. It is a spiritual love. It originates with God and is unconditional, selfless, and sacrificial. You see, love is an attribute of God. It is a core aspect of His character. And God's love in no sense is in conflict with His holiness, His righteousness, His justice, or even His wrath. All of God's attributes are in perfect harmony. Everything God does is loving just as everything he does is just and right. I believe some of the challenges we face in understanding God's love is in our response. Now, some people mistakenly believe that God's love somehow cancels out his holiness. Many people have the idea that when they reach the gates of heaven, God will smile and say, you know, you really don't deserve to come in, but uh, come on in anyway. Well, here's what we know is true. God cannot overlook sin. He will never contradict his own nature. In his love, he doesn't overlook our sin. His love compelled him to provide for us a solution to our sin problem. Today, we live in a world that says, if you love me, you'll accept anything I do. But everyone knows that's not true. Love cares about right and wrong. How many of you love your spouse, but at some point they have disappointed you? You still love them, but you don't approve of their attitude or their response or their actions. The same is true with our children. You can love and still be deeply disappointed. You can love and still strongly disagree. So what do we do with the love of God? Well, we receive it and we respond to it. His love compels us to receive the gift of salvation 
and the opportunity for a relationship with God. And we respond by loving God in return and learning to love others with this same love. First John 4, verses 11 and 12, John continues. He writes, Dear friends, since God so loved us, we also ought to love one another. No one has ever seen God, but if we love one another, God lives in us and his love is made complete in us. Now, I think there are some practical implications to the love of God. You see, God's love will cause us to love the unlovely, the disenfranchised, the marginalized, and those different from us, and as Jesus said, even our enemies. God's love will cause us to have compassion for those who don't know him. It will compel us to share our faith, to pray, to give, and to sacrifice. God's love will cause us as believers to come together in unity of purpose, vision, and calling. And God's love will lead us to forgive one another, to overlook offenses, and to yield our personal preferences. John's argument is simple. If God's Spirit truly resides in us, His character and attitude should influence us. We should begin to reflect the love that God Himself has. In fact, John argues that if we do not begin to reflect the love of God— then we give evidence that we don't really belong to Him. And here's today's challenge. Let's respond to the love of God by worshiping Him, living for Him, obeying Him, and loving others. Decide to take a few minutes today to choose how you will do this in your daily life. Thanks again for joining me for today's episode. Before we go, let me remind you that the 5-Minute Discipleship Journal is now available on Amazon. I hope you'll check it out. I really believe this tool will help you grow as a follower of Jesus. Have a great day, everybody. And until next time, let's continue on our journey as followers of Jesus.